I'm shocked that you guys are back today. I, I, I thought after last, last week uh, we'd lose half of you. Because um, we, we've been talking about feelings. And when you talk about feelings, people's feelings get, get hurt. And last week we, I, I, I treaded into dangerous waters. I started talking about Christian worship songs and stuff like that. And, and a lot of people cling to, to those worship songs because they've had experiences through those worship songs. And unfortunately, in, in the body of Christ, I find this too, too often, is that they, people don't allow the Word of God to get in the way of what they believe. Right? We, we, we have to bring what we believe under the authority of the Word, word of God. Even, even if we experience things, even if we have feelings, uh, that uh, and emotions that transpire from religious things, like worship, like Christian songs. If they're unbiblical, they're unbiblical, right? And they and they create a false image within us, a false image within us. Well, I'm not going to jump back on that again, because uh, today um, we're going to be continuing in this. Um, you know, we're trying to build on. Each lesson kind of builds on one another. And uh, how many of you would like to never be offended again? How many of you would like to never have your feelings hurt again? Today, I'm going to tell you how that's possible. Because the truth of the matter is, is unfortunately, Christians, for the most part, Part are the most easily offended people on the face of the planet, right? We get offended with one another. We get offended with with what the pastor preached, right? I'm not going back to that. He offended me. Well, if I never offend you, I'm not preaching the word the word of God, right? And understand something. My attempt isn't trying to offend you. My attempt is to reveal Christ in you, right? And and and. For, for Christ to be revealed in you, the, the flesh, the, the, the carnal nature, has to be stripped, stripped away. So, let's jump into this. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, we're going to start off with a very short scripture. It says, Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Now, one thing you've got to understand is, is that you have to, when it uses certain words in the Bible, you have to figure out what is, how that word is being used. So we've got the word spirit here. So a lot of you think, is he talking about the Holy Spirit? Is he talking about my spirit? Do I have a spirit in me and then a spirit that's in my mind? Some of you got wrong spirits in your mind. But no, no, but... What it's talking about here is, have you ever, we got the Lions playing today, right? Right? Proof that that miracles happen. Um, But, you ever hear a team spirit? Or he gave a very spirited argument? So what it's talking about here, it's not talking about Holy Spirit, it's not talking about our spirit, it's talking about an attitude. The spirit of your mind, the attitude of your mind. The NIV puts it this way. Be made new in the attitudes of our minds. 
The Amplified puts it this way, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. What's nice about the Amplified is it takes those Greek words and looks at the pretenses and all that stuff like that. So it, it, it really is telling us that this is something we constantly have to do. We constantly have to be renewed in our attitude. The, in the attitude. The, your attitude is the way that you see things. Your perception of yourself, of God, of the world. It needs to be renewed. And what God wants us to understand that it's not only important what we think about, but it's also important how we think. The way we think. Your attitude. Our attitudes are important and it affects our entire outlook on our life. Um, you know, uh, there was these two kids and they wanted to go get ice cream. And they were jumping up and down. Mom, can we go get ice cream? Mom, can we go get ice cream? And they want to go get ice cream. They want to go get ice cream. Mom, can we go get ice cream? And she goes, okay, we can go get ice cream if there's gas in the car. And the kids rip out of the house. They run out to the car. And one kid comes in and his head's down and he's kind of shuffling his feet. And he's going, I guess we can't go get ice cream. There's only a half a tank. And the other kid comes running in, Ma, get your coat! We're going to get ice cream! There's only a, we got a half a tank of gas! See, there's two different attitudes there. Same exact circumstance, but two different attitudes, two different ways of seeing things. And, and pessimism is an attitude. The same as optimism is. And for some reason, it, it, it's proven that for some reason, the majority of humanity leans towards pessimism. That everything's going to get worse. If it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. It's be, and the reason why, there's a spiritual reason why everybody... It, Humanity leans towards pessimism, and that's because of the fall. That's because of an Adamic nature within us that has no hope. That is constantly heading to more and more chaos, to more um, destruction, to death. But we are not, believers are not in Adam. We are in Christ. So Christians should be the most optimistic people on the face of the planet. Even in death. Even in death. What's the word? That's the worst the world can do? Is send me to heaven? Send me to be with Jesus? Come on, you all, we all sing the song. When we all get to heaven, what a day that will be. And then you find out you're going and you start crying, I don't want to go. We've got to get our minds renewed through the truth. Right? I mean, Paul, he understood this. He said, he said you know, for me to go to heaven would be much, much better. But for your sakes, it's better that I stay here. 
He understood that, that heaven is a reality. That God is alive. And that, that one day we will shed these garments, your flesh, and be transformed into the very image and glory of Jesus. Awesome. But pessimism and optimism is an attitude. An attitude of our mind. You can have two people can have the same facts and have two different attitudes. Which leads to two different reactions. Which leads to two different outcomes. We all have a programmed response mechanism built within us. And you can either focus on the negative or you can focus on the possibilities. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Notice the, it's, an, it's a intent. It, it says you're setting, it's not like having a fleshly thought, right? It's not, it, it's not like ha- having certain things that happen and you think fleshly. No, it's, it's a mind that's, that's set on it. It's, it's, it's constantly thinking this way. It's constantly processing this way. It constantly has an attitude that looks at the circumstances and looks at the world and says, this is my image. This is my picture. It, it, it says, we need to, it's telling us here that we need to manage our feelings. And the way that we do this is by changing the way we think. What we set our minds on. What we set our minds on. You, have, have you renewed your mind to the fact that Jesus is on your side? Have you renewed your mind to that? There's a lot of Christians who do not believe that God is for them. Even though the Scripture says, if God be for me, who can be against me? See, the reason why we have such a hard time when, when the things of this life come against us is because we don't believe that God is for us. God is for you. And not only is Jesus Christ on your side, we now have the Spirit within us and we have supernatural ability. We have joy. We have self-control. We have gentleness. We have kindness. We have peace. We have all, all of the, that in us supernaturally. Supernaturally. It's not even something that it's it's not even something that you produce or experience. It's who you are. It's who you are in your born again spirit. And too often we limit ourselves by comparing ourselves with the world. Expecting and, and, and Christians expect the same results that the people of the world are expecting. Do you realize that people of the world do not have God actively involved in their lives? And we do. We do. You have the promises of God that uh, that are activated in your life as a child of God. You have access to the Holy Spirit working in you and through your life. 
The Word says that we have access to the wisdom of God. It says we have the mind of Christ. James literally says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for God and he'll give it to you. But when our attitudes, when our outlook on life is controlled by the way we feel, instead of what the Word of God says we are, we don't activate God's grace by faith in our lives. See, God wants to be involved in everyone's life. He wants to be involved in everyone's life. And for most, God is involved, when He's involved, He's involved on the outside of a person's life. But for the believer, He's on the inside. He's on the inside. See, when you were born again, you were baptized. Now, I'm not talking about water baptism. Water baptism is a symbol, an outward work, an outward symbol of an inward work. Baptism symbolizes what happens to your spirit when you're born again. When you're born again, your spirit, your dead spirit in Adam, dead in sin, is submerged into Christ. And you become one spirit with Him. That is, what, that is what happens when you are born again. You are baptized. You're submerged. You're welded. You're engrafted. These are all words that the Scriptures use to, to show how we have been united with Jesus. And the Spirit of God, you become one Spirit with God, and the Spirit of God lives within you. And you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if you have not experienced salvation, if, you haven't, if you're sitting here saying, I don't, I don't know if the Spirit of God lives in me, today can be the day. All you do is some. Submit yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, come into my life. Make me a new creation. Bring my dead spirit to life with Your Spirit and make me one with You. It's that simple. Put your faith in Jesus. God has deposited His very life and His supernatural ability on the inside of us. And this should completely change the believer's attitude. It should completely change our outlook in life. When our attitude changes, guess what? Your feelings will follow. Your feelings will follow. Do you see how your feelings are to follow faith rather than our lives following our feelings? Again, we live in a culture. We live in a culture that is completely controlled by their feelings. They get their identity. They get the picture of who they are. What the world's like from the way that they feel. And your feelings are fickle. They can change. They can fluctuate from day to day. And Jesus gives us a better way. Your emotions are 100% the sum total of what you think. Do you realize that? When you, when you react emotionally to, in a certain way, that if you follow that back, it, 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 it's tied to an image. 
It's tied to the way that you think. Your emotions will not act contrary to the way that you think. And how you think. How you see the world. Let's look at Romans 8.6 again. It says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Do you see how our thoughts affect every part of our everyday life? A mind that is on feelings, on emotions, is death. Now, when we talk about death, we're not, we're not talking about taking a dirt nap. It, it, it could lead to that. But there's lots of things that, that a, a carnal mind produces death in that's not just a physical death. It, it can be death in relationships. It can be death in our finances. It can be de- death in the, our physical health. It can be death in our relationship with God. If, you're, if your relationship with God, your image of God and the image of you is completely based on the way that you feel, I'm telling you, you will have a very shaky and rocky relationship with Jesus. A mind that is on feelings is death and it will produce the corresponding attitude of death in our lives. But a mind that is on the Spirit is life and peace. And it will produce the corresponding attitude of life and peace in our lives. All of us has a picture on the inside of us. This picture is not only a picture of you, but it's also a picture of the world around us. You have an image within you. Let me ask you a question. When you read a book, what do you see in your mind when you you read each word? What what comes into your mind? Is it individual letters? When When you're reading, is individual letters coming into your mind that make up that word? No. You... You see, no, you see the pictures that that word represents. Right? If I said the word dog, what comes to your mind? Does D-O-G come to your mind? No, when I say the word dog, a picture came into your mind. You all thought of Snoop Dogg. No. <laughs> no. But you guys... <laughs> You guys, there's a picture that comes into your mind. Maybe some of you thought of your dog. Right? Maybe some of you thought of a cute little puppy wagging its tail. Now what happens if I told you, if I said to you, black dog. And then I said, a big black dog. And then I said, a big black dog with big snarling white teeth, all of a sudden your picture completely changes based on the word that we put before us, that we set our minds on. The picture completely changed. We think in pictures. We think in pictures. And when, think about this, In creation, God had a vision. 
he had a picture within him. And then he spoke the corresponding words that produced what he's seeing. Think about this. Scripture is the Word of God, right? And what the Word of God does, it paints a picture for us of who God is. Correct? But here's something that's very interesting. In the fullness of time, the Word, the Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh. The Word gave us a picture. It gave us a picture. God wanted us to have a correct picture of who He was. And Jesus is that picture. That's why we say over and over again, if the God that you worship does not look like Jesus Christ, if the God that you worship is not a God that's willing to lay Himself down to spread His arms wide on a cross for His creation, for sinners, you're worshiping a false God. You're worshiping a false God. Jesus is the perfect picture of God. The disciples wanted to ask Jesus. They said, show us the Father and that that's be good enough. And Jesus says, how long have I been with you? How long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. We don't have to be confused what God's like. He looks just like Jesus. We don't have to be confused what the Holy Spirit looks like. He looks like Jesus. He testifies of Jesus. Right? But it's a picture. The Word paints a picture within you. It gives you an image. The Word... We, the words we hear, the words we read, they paint a picture on the inside, and these pictures on the inside of us determines our attitude. It determines our actions. And it determines what our actions lead to on the outside of us. You see, you, you see yourself as unlovable. You see yourself of no value, as someone that is unneeded, then you will believe and react to people in the world, world accordingly. Think about that. If you see yourself that way, if you see yourself as no value, if you see yourself as unlovable, you react to the world according to the picture that is within you. This is why two people, you know, I don't know about you ladies, but guys, we, we poke fun at each other. I mean, that's, our, that's how we show each other we love one another. You know, if, 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 I don't, if we, we don't make fun of you, we don't, we don't love you, right? But two different people can be teased, right? Jesting, joking. And one person can get completely offended Offended over a joke, over jesting, over something that, that, that is meant for just for fun. They can be offended. And another person 
can, can receive the same type of jesting and get a good laugh out of it. Why? Because of the image that we have within ourselves. We identify with the jesting. We identify with the thing that the person is joking that's not true, but we, because of the identity that we have within ourselves, we grab hold of it because we agree with that untruth. Many people will hide their feelings. They'll hide their true feelings. You know, true, um, what they tell me is that it takes three years before you really know a person. Three years before you really know a person. That we're able to hide our true identity from people for three years. And what's interesting about that is so three years, you get married for three years, the fourth year is miserable, and the fifth year is the highest rate of divorce. Pastors, especially in denominational, they average three years before they are moved to another church. Why? Because in three years, the pastor's true colors come out, and the congregation's true colors come out. Right? We're able to hide our, 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 our feelings for a period of time. But eventually, your true thoughts, your feelings will surface and your actions will reflect, reflect those thoughts and the pictures that you have within you. It's impossible to live differently than the way that you see yourself. It's impossible to live differently than the way that you see yourself. So here's the big question. How do you see yourself today? How do you see yourself? The children of Israel um, did not go into the promised land because they seen the enemy as giants. The children of Israel failed to receive the promise of God. What He told them was theirs. Because they, what they've seen, their circumstances painted a picture within them and they've seen giants in the land. And not only that, they said that, that they are giants and we are grasshoppers in their eyes. How did they know that they were grasshoppers in their eyes? They didn't know. But that's the image that they had in them. That's the image that they had in them. How do we know that they did not see the Israelites as grasshoppers? Remember when the two spies went into Jericho and they said that they've been terrified the whole time because they heard of what their God done in Egypt? <laughs> so, the, so the whole time they had a false identity of being a grasshopper where the enemy themselves was terrified. And what's interesting is, is that this false identity was in them, but you had Caleb and Joshua they had a different image within them. They said that we that God has given us the land and we are well able to, to, to take it. And this identity came head to head with the identity of the rest of the 
of the children of Israel. And what did they do? They took up stones and, and wanted to kill Joshua and Caleb. Sometimes I feel like that. You, you, you're trying to encourage someone. You're trying to show them what the Word says. And they, they're doing everything in their power to not agree with it. To not agree with it. You know, King Saul in the army of Israel, they were petrified by the Philistine champion, Goliath. Petrified. No one would go out and face him as he continually continued to mock not only Israel, but the God of Israel. And he's mocking them day after day after day. And they were petrified because the only thing they could see was what was happening in the physical. But then David shows up and, he, and, 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 and he's seen a person out there mocking Israel without God on his side. <laughs> Someone that had no covenant with God. That uncircumcised Philistine. Right? He's seen something different. He had a different picture on the inside of him. Goliath was just a man. He's just a mere man. Not a merman, but a mere man. He's just a mere man with just physical strength. But David seen himself with the grace and strength of God and believed that God was with him. Just two different attitudes. Two different images on the inside. And you cannot act contrary to what you believe. I know you might be able to pull it off for a couple hours on Sunday. But sooner or later, our true selves are manifest. The Word says that you have been made righteous. Well, if that's true, you ask, why do I still struggle with guilt and condemnation? You know, righteousness means that you're justified. Just as if you've never sinned. You stand before God as right. That's what righteousness means. And we have received the righteousness of Christ. If you want to know how right you are, you're as right as Jesus. Now, I know that's hard to grasp. It's hard to, to, to wrap our minds around. That's why it's, it's supernatural. That's why you need the help of the Spirit of God to do it. You struggle with guilt and condemnation is for two reasons. Well, either you're acting contrary to your true image that's on the inside, inside of you, and you're and your, your own conscience is condemning you, or you don't have the right image on the inside of you in the first place. You don't see yourself as righteous. You don't believe that you're a righteous person. Your righteousness has nothing to do with your actions. Your righteousness has to do with it by faith, by grace through faith. And you're saying, so you mean I don't have to act righteous? If you believe that you're righteous, you will act righteous. Your actions are based off your beliefs. The only reason you don't act righteous is because you don't believe it. You don't believe it. 
You know why I'm not wearing a dress today? Because I'm not a woman. Right? And that's the, same, that's the same way that we should be when it comes to acting contrary to who we are in Christ Jesus. I don't act that way because that's not who I am. That's not who I am. I understand the truth. I'm not moved by my feelings. I'm not moved by my emotions. I'm moved by what the Word of God says. The Word says that sin shall not have dominion over you. Well, if that's true, why do I still struggle with life-destroying sin? It's because you see yourself in Adam as a sinner rather than Christ in Christ as a child of God. We even have great little sayings within the church. Well, you understand, Chad, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Really? No, you were a sinner. You got saved by grace. And now you are a child of God. Righteousness. You're righteous and you're holy before God. You're not an old sinner. The old sinner got, well, it got circumcised. It got cut away. It got removed. That's what that whole imagery, I'm not going down that, uh, imagery of, of, of the, that covenant action was. But anyways, you, you can see yourself with a poverty attitude. There are, there are people that have, have an attitude that, that nothing ever works in my life. That, that um, my grand, mama and papa was always poor. My grandparents were always poor. We're, all, we're always poor. It's an attitude. It's a way of seeing the world. Right now, the world is trying to paint an attitude that everyone is racist. Do not, do not paint that image within you. Do you, you see how the enemy works? He's constantly trying to paint pictures within you, images within you. There are people with a sick person painted on the inside of them. They just, you know, if the, if the, if the flu's going around, you know I'm going to catch it. Well, and this is things that I, I got to work through. You know, I, I turned 48 last year, right? 48? And I became a grandpa. And you can start picking up the things that the world says about that age and about, the, those, about what happens and all these things. No, I got to paint a picture within me of who I am in Christ. Not who the world says you have to be. Some people see themselves as angry and bitter. I heard a conversation this morning about someone saying that my, my fuse is so sh- short that it, it, or my, my fuse would have to grow for it to be short. It was funny. But that's an image that you have within yourself. But the good news is the person that said that now sees himself in a totally different way. These are images that are in us. Some see themselves as weak. The Word says, let the weak say that I am strong. Some have an image of lacking wisdom. The Word of God says you have the mind of Christ. And like I said, if anyone lacks wisdom... Let them ask of God who gives 
liberally. He doesn't hold back. God became like men so men could become like God. Now, I'm, not, I, I gotta, I'm not saying that you are God. But we're, can you agree that we're supposed to be like Jesus? Right? Jesus shows us how the Father always intended us to be. Jesus needs to be the image that's inside of us. In Romans 12.2 it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. The issue is that far too often we have the wrong mold. You have the wrong mold. And and young people, you are giving a mold. You guys, with social media, you are being pressured like no other generation before. You are being pressured. You've got to be careful what words, what images that you are allowing to, to paint the picture within you. It says that the world it, it, that it is trying to conform you into a mold. And, and, and we, we, we are being molded into the image of the world rather than being transformed into the image of Christ. The image of Christ that is good and acceptable and perfect. It is impossible to be transformed in the image of Christ when we get the image, when we get the mold of who we are by what we feel. By how we feel. And how we see the world. We end up conforming our lives to a standard that's far lower than the, than the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. We fail to see ourselves as overcomers in certain areas of our lives and we view ourselves in our failures rather than in the victory that is in ours in Christ Jesus. In Proverbs 4.23 it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. You want to know why you have these issues in life? Because it's in your heart. Our issues in life spring forth from what we believe within us. The image that is in us. That's how, that's, it affects everything we see, we do, how we react to certain situations. See, our problem is not the things that's going on outside the world. It's what's going on within us. And Proverbs 23.7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. See, when people act like a jerk, I feel bad for them. Because that's how they see themselves in their heart. A lot of people get offended by people when they act like jerks or they're brutes or whatever. But we should be broken because what a terrible way to live. What a terrible way to see yourself and to see the world. The image in your heart, the way you think, will ultimately manifest in who you will be. There is no exception to this rule. There's no exception to this rule. If you want to prosper... 
You have to see yourself as prosperous. You have to see, see yourself, wake up in the morning, today is a good day to have a good day. Right? Something good is going to happen to me today. It's just a totally different attitude. If you want to be healthy, you need to, the first step is to start seeing yourself as a healthy person. If you want to be strong, you need to have a picture of yourself as strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In John chapter 6, verse 63, we're coming in for a landing. It says, it is the Spirit who gives life. So who gives life? The Spirit, right? The flesh profits nothing. Now understand again, I just want to talk to you. When we read, read the word flesh, we think of sin. Listen, all sin is flesh, but not all flesh is sin. Right? Flesh just means of the five physical senses. Right? And there's things that we always do because of the five physical senses. Right? We don't breathe in when we're underwater. Not because we're super spiritual, but because we understand the flesh. Right? We don't breathe underwater. You know, we eat, we eat food, we're hungry, we get all these things. Not all flesh is sin, but all sin is flesh. He says, the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak, these are, this is Jesus talking, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So here's the question, do you believe that the words that Jesus spoke are spirit and life? And that the spirit produces life? What happens when we read his words? It produces life. The Word of God is not just a book. It's a look into the spiritual realm. It's a look into what God says. It's a look into who we are in Christ Jesus. It is our spiritual mirror that we use to see spiritual truth. Right? Most of you looked in a mirror before you came here this morning. Right? Today, we're looking in the spiritual mirror. And you're seeing who you are in Christ. You have to constantly remind yourself of who you are in Christ. That's why you constantly have to have the Word of God before you. It doesn't matter... Um, it doesn't matter what our outward circumstances are, nor how we feel. If the Word of God says it, that should settle it in our lives. We can't go by our feelings. We have to see ourselves in Christ and through the Word that is spirit and life and trust that image that we see. This is, some, this is because we are conformed into a mold and it says that we have to constantly be being transformed into, into the image of Christ. We have to transform our attitudes of our mind, right? Constantly. This doesn't happen overnight. You, you constantly have to start continually see yourself in the Word of God. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he tells us this. He says, But be doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 
So there's a lot of people that hear the Word of God. You're hearing it today, but you don't go out and live according by it. You don't get your image. You don't get your identity from it. And, and so you're deceiving yourselves. It's not enough just to hear it. You actually have to allow that, that Word to start painting the picture inside of you. For if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man observing himself, what? His face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He's saying that the Word of God's a mirror. And there's lots of people that come to church on Sunday and they look in, they're looking in the mirror and then they walk out the doors and they forget what they look like. They forget what they look like. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's the Word of God, and continues in it, and is not forgetful, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Just as we look in a mirror to see our physical selves, we, we look into God's Word to see our spiritual self. We can't go by what we feel. We can't go by the old image that we had in Adam. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, He comes in and transforms you. He takes that, that place within you. Most Christians feel like they're unequipped. That they, 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 they're not ready. They don't have anything of value. They, they have nothing to face the world. Well, it's time to put on the full armor of God. Put on the full armor of God if you feel unequipped. Turn to Ephesians. Read over that and say, this is mine. I am well fitted. I am well prepared. You don't, you don't need to pray for more power. How, how, long, how, how many prayers have been wasted? God, send your power. On the day of Pentecost, He sent the Holy Spirit in power and He hasn't left yet. We don't need no more power. We need to use the power that He's already given us. We don't need to pray for more faith. He's given each one of us the measure of faith. We don't need to pray for spiritual gifts. Guess what? Get yourself in a place that you need the gifts and the gifts will show up. Because Holy Spirit lives in you. According to the mirror, you've already got it. You're dressed to kill. I've heard one person say, Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Now is has a word that is talking about something that's going to happen in the future, or something that's going to, that has already happened? Already happened. What has already happened? You guys want to hear what's already happened? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Wow. Yeah. Do I need to dig into the Greek on what every means? That means there's nothing left out. But that picture, the church needs that picture painted in them. Whether you accept this truth or not, the way that you think is still going to control every aspect of your life. 
Every aspect of your life will be controlled by the way you think. The image on the inside of you is a byproduct of your thinking. It determines your feelings, and your feelings will produce your actions. This is why it's important to have a Christ-centered self-image, a new creation reality inside of you, despite what's going on around you. The only way to develop a Christ-in-you image is by renewing the spirit or the attitude of your mind. You have to renew your mind. Not only what you think, but the way that you think. The way that you think. And when we do that, when we stay focused on God, and we, and, and we, and we, apply, to, we apply His Word to every aspect of our lives, that image will be manifest. Your mind will be transformed. And you will see the promises of God manifest in your life. Amen? Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.